You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome back to Make It Thrive. Today on the show, we have Floyd Sayers, Creative Director and Acting Working Movement Consultant at Flow Motion Studios. Now, I met Floyd a few years ago at an event in Cambridge, and I was blown away by his knowledge in regards to active working and trying to get us all out of those office desks and moving more around the office. So I think today's talk is really going to inspire you to get more active at work. So let's get started. Hi Floyd and welcome to Make It Thrive. Give us an introduction to yourself and tell our audience what you do there at Flow Motion Studios. Hi Lizzie, um, thank you for um, inviting me along to this podcast. Um, so I started Flow Motion about five years ago and that was on the on the back of um, some musculoskeletal problems that I'd been um, suffering with for quite a while. So I had the classic um, symptoms people suffer with when they do a lot of sitting. And I've got a first class honours degree in sitting because I you know, <laughs> literally, you know, did it for decades. My background is in graphics. So I had developed um, neck pain, shoulder stiffness, lower back, lower back pain, and sciatica so um in, yeah all you know and it all came together um and throughout my 20s and 30s I would I would I would have you know I would be suffering but I wouldn't have all of those together so um flow motion came out of a, of a journey really looking for a, a solution to my problem yeah fantastic no it sounds like you've obviously got a real personal journey connected to sort of establishing flow motion and trying to get more people standing and sort of moving their position rather than sitting because it is so easy just to to sit all day at your desk. I mean, environment and well-being are, are two key areas which are integral parts of company culture and movement and being active at work has been proven to improve productivity and reduce risks of cardiovascular disease so why do you think we still have this obsession with sitting at work i think it comes down to an ingrained culture uh, a workplace culture that we've had for decades and i think as long as that culture has taken to develop it's probably going to take as long to change and mm. it's starting to happen uh, we're probably about 10 years behind the scandinavian countries it's part of their health and well-being. Ninety um, percent of businesses have um, sit-stand desks, um, and they also have that awareness um, around movement. Where um, we tend to um, go into work, there's your chair, there's the desk, there's a computer, and uh, when people mm -hmm. when people really get into whatever they're doing, um, time seems to take on. Um, you know, it, they, they, they enter into almost like a different time zone where there's so much in their heads, um, a couple of hours can go by and they realize that they haven't moved. Um, so, yeah. you know, during that time, all these problems are, are, are building up. 
Um, and some people are lucky enough to go through their working life without suffering uh, with any back pain issues. But it's probably the, the main reason that people take time off work. Yes, no, absolutely. I know from recent research, I mean, sitting has been dubbed the new smoking. Um, and in August of this year, the British Heart Foundation revealed that us Brits spend 67 hours a week, either seated or sedentary, making us inactive for up to three out of seven days. Yeah. I mean, that's just quite shocking, really, when you kind of put it in that kind of context. How do you think people can start getting more active at work? I think there are lots of things people can do. I think, firstly, um, people have to take ownership of their health and well-being. Um, I think that's part of the part of 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 self educate self realization, I suppose, and educating um, ourselves that it's it's down to us. No one else is going to do it for us. Um, and then, when that happens, mm. I think there's a lot of things we can do. We can have a we can have a, a routine um, that we can that we can follow. Uh, recently, um, we've put together a. We at the moment it's a quite a clunky name, but we call it the forty-two uh, routine, where you will sit for forty minutes. Um, you set a timer, and then for two minutes, you mix um, between an exercise to get your heart rate up. And that can be something quite simple, like doing sit chairs um, or, or running on the spot or going up and down some stairs, two minutes to try and get your heart rate up. Um, and then you go back to sitting if you haven't got a, um, a desk. Um, and then the timer goes off and then you maybe do two minutes of stretching um, and then another 40 and then you do two minutes of uh, a deep breathing mindful exercise and we found that those three things together during the day weeks and months can really build up to being uh, having you know quite a powerful effect on your long-term health and well-being definitely that sounds like a very practical process to try and follow I love things like that <laughs> yeah, I, so you recommend kind of 40 minutes seated and then mixing it up for those those minute those extra minutes yeah. we, we when we launched um, a year into the business we were talking to people about can you um, get up every half an hour um, and people we, we quickly realized that people just they just couldn't or you know they, they weren't prepared. And then I, we, we always felt an hour was too long. An hour of sitting, we felt, was too long. So we thought, okay, well, let's go for 40 minutes. That seems, you know, a compromise. It sits in the middle quite nicely. It also ties in with this, uh, if, if anyone's familiar with the Pomodoro time management, it sits quite closely to that yes. when you have a break um, and you do blocks of Pomodoro time. Um, so we, 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 you know, we looked at lots of things and that was one of the things we said, okay, let's go for 40 minutes. Now, what are the th main things that are going to help us in the workplace? Cause people aren't going to, you know, we don't want people to be doing five or 10 minutes of activity and get all hot and sweaty. Um, they're just not going to do that. Even if yeah. they, you know, even if they've got the equipment. So we thought two minutes is long enough for you to get some value out of, um, the things that we talk about, even, um, some mindful meditation. Okay. It's a bit short, but you know, you can make a start two minutes and then hopefully as people do more of this, um, stuff, 
maybe they can increase it and go to five minutes, um, even with the exercise and the stretching. So, uh, but we thought, right, let's, let's keep it simple, um, keep it easy to do. Um, so that's a sort of regime um, formula, whatever you want to call it, that we talk to our customers about. Um, obviously, we sell height adjustable desks. We sell seating that go up and down. Um, I suppose the bonus of that sort of thing is you, you're changing your posture. So if you can mix up a postural change yeah. with the other things, then then uh, I think you know it's you can put together a really uh, valuable work um, work routine. Yeah. Absolutely. And do you find your sort of customers are quite open minded to sort of the some of the strategies you tell them about? Because obviously, you're not just sort of providing them with a, a stand up desk, you're also sort of giving them this this advice and this recommendation. Do a lot of them kind of carry it out? <laughs> I think I think people take what we what we well, we run workshops and people come to that. But it's like anything. It's so hard to change ingrained habits especially if they're bad habits Um, and part of uh, part of the research that I've uh, been looking at is you know behavioral change how do we how do we how do we get how does anyone change change a habit and there is um, something I came across called TTM which is a theoretical module of behavioral change and it was uh, drawn up by uh, some uh, research psychologists um, and it talks you through the stages of behavioral change and for me um, coming across this put a few things into perspective because when I talk to some customers I can say say to them well where where do you sit um, on these stages because the first stage is you've never thought or recognized uh, a, a trend or behavioral cha- you know thinking about changing your behavior or the need um, so that's mm. that's the first stage. Pre-contemplation is is what they call it, and then yeah. the next stage is contemplation. So you're getting ready, um, and you're actively beginning to think about it. The third stage is determination, where you've agreed you need to change, um, and then you start the action, um, and then you start, and then maintenance um, is step five. So you're actually doing it day to day, and it's becoming a habit. Um, and then termination is one of the stages where people just stop doing it for whatever reason. They get bored or, you know, they have a week on holiday and they come back and they just forget. But yeah. we have to think of it as a as a circle. So if you reach that stage, you don't think of it as a failure. Uh, you just go back to the action and start again. So even if you have a couple of bad days where you haven't got up or, you know, you haven't moved, don't think of it as oh that you know I'm, I'm beat yourself up about it. You just start, um, go back to basics, and then just start again. So it's quite a quite a nice way of looking at it. Definitely, it's a good mindset to have about it. Like you say, rather than seeing a few days off as a bit of a failure, is just just getting back into the the routine again and picking yourself up. Um, that's fantastic advice. When it comes to the working environment in particular, I often preach to organizations that it's about seeing their place of work as a space rather than a place. And it gives them a different view of the space they're creating for their teams, Um, you know, trying to create areas where people can be collaborative and rather than just sort of the traditional mindset around our, like we say, our workspace of there's there's your desk and there's a computer and there's your chair. What do you think? gets forgotten about when it comes to building a space for highly engaged teams 
That's that's quite an interesting question because we're we're sort of getting into looking at the person and the place as as a development for flow motion. So one of the things that I've been looking at over the last couple of years is um, uh, there's a few things um, around biophilic design, and it's it's been around now for quite a while. And there's some companies that do it very well. Um, and it's about bringing the outdoors in. So for me, one of the big things about creating a really good working environment are plants, um, filling a, filling an office with mm. pl- filling an office with plants. So apart from the uh, effects on the air quality, uh, the color green really resonates with us. And I think on a quite a deep psychological level, it just makes us feel good and gives us a connection to to the outdoors. So definitely plants. Uh, natural lighting is a big thing. Uh, having art in the workplace also. Uh, studies show that that in, improves our sense of well-being and happiness and creativity. So art uh, is a big thing. Um, and as you dig deeper down into biophilics, um, it also looks at reflections and the sound of water in the background or birds singing um, and tactile um, fabrics um, and color. So you can see there's a lot of things people can play with when they're putting together a work environment that ticks so many boxes. And then if you throw in the active working, um, you know, that's people have the power to, to, um, yeah, you know, not, not, and you can do this on a budget. You don't have to spend lots of money. You don't have to get interior designers in Um, as long as you've got someone driving it and realizing it's important. I think people can do uh, a lot uh, themselves, you know, or we or in small groups, but they have to realize it's important um, and not just accept the status Mm, quo of most of, you know, most offices I go into, I I wouldn't want to spend an hour, let alone uh, weeks in there, because you know they really really are depressing places um to be um so yes yeah um it's yeah yeah and and you know even just painting um one of the walls in a in a nice shade of blue is so different to say if it's you know turquoise or red which are some of the worst colors to be painting your your office uh, environment um so that's, that's so interesting. That's uh, yeah, we've been doing a lot of work in that area, um, and it's just a natural progression. So I'm quite excited about how that's going to um, develop. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's funny, isn't it? It's strange how we take so much of our personality out of our workspaces when they're so important for creativity and innovation and feeling like we belong somewhere. Yet for so long, we've kind of almost made them quite clinical feeling. Yeah, and it's hard to feel your best and work your best in those kind of environments when they feel almost robotic or manufacturing like um, rather than actually somewhere where we feel safe and connected and encouraged to be creative yeah Um, creating um, refuge spaces is also one of the things on the biophilic list so uh, with a big trend towards open plan spaces um, one of the things people find most annoying is um, the air sound pollution um, and background noise Mm. so now you notice a big trend towards little pods where you can go and have um, you know just 
do some work um, in a quiet space or you can have a meeting removed from the you know hustle and bustle of an open plan environment um, so more and more I think those those spaces that we did have and were knocked down to create big open plan spaces a lot of that now is starting to creep back um, breakout areas um, places where you can go and have your lunch and talk to your colleagues um, I think one of the worst things is where yeah. s- staff are encouraged to sit at their desk and have their lunch you know they, oh, they, they don't yes. go they don't go out um, so I, I think also that's so important that people actually take advantage of their lunch break and go outdoors go for a walk have you know um, yeah it's so it's so important Definitely. I must, I always call it lunch Aldesco is not good for your health. (laughs) You need that rest and and re-nourishment to get going again. You know, you you don't want to be continually chained to your desk really, do you? (laughs) No, not at all. When you look at some of the, some of the bigger companies, um, uh, Google and Facebook and, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've, they've even installed sleep pods. So they recognize that, you know, we've got this body clock um, and then the afternoon it's um it's quite natural for us to have 20 minutes siesta or relax so you know these are these are some of the things the top companies are doing and it may filter down but mm. i think that's that's maybe a step too far for a lot of companies in the uk where you know they, they're going to encourage their staff to just go and have a 20 minute nap um and come back refreshed but i think you know if the science backs it up then I'll I'll, yeah. I'll talk about it because um, that's that's sort of what I tend to um, go by, you know, the facts and and what the science and research is 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 telling us. Definitely, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I must admit, after we met in um, Cambridge last year, I've been putting some of your advice into action myself when I've had the odd office day. And and I've certainly felt a difference in how I feel when I stand to work on my laptop, for example, rather than sit. And even sort of taking, I time myself if I have to sit down. And then when I get up, if, I, if I'm at home, this is, I'll perhaps put on some music and have a little bit, bit of a dance and yeah. move my body about. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and it, felt strange at first but now I feel so much more productive and focused when I'm having those days and I also feel really uplifted and kind of happier which sounds really really strange but generally moving my body makes me feel happier anyway I'm a very sort of active person Um, and it's incredible how a small change can make a difference I mean is there any particular routine you can recommend for people to do at work to be more active I mean I know you've covered the the sitting for 40 minutes and then trying to move but is there any other kind of routine or recommendations you'd make for people that are trying to be more active? Well, I think you can start um, before you even um, before you even start work. You know, can you can you park the car and walk part of the way, or get off the bus stop and then walk? Could you cycle um, when you're at work? Can you um, if the coffee machine is um, down the corridor? You know, I encourage companies to to do things like that, you know, so people have to get up from their chair and walk down the corridor or up a flight of steps to make a tea or a coffee. Um, Some of the other things they can do is get, um, have walking meetings um, and standing meetings. Um, If you're you're in the same office as someone, instead of sending them an email, 
go across to their desk or whatever floor that's on and actually talk to them. So I think there are all, you know, there are lots of small things that we can do. And I think it's quite important to remind ourselves that any movement, any small bits of movement, which may not seem worth it, they all add up and they all make a difference. So um, it's just starting small and then trying to build uh, on on these good habits uh, and just just relook at um, the way you view um, your your chair. You know, I think if I could hypnotize the UK population to every time they look at their chair, they see this, <laughs> they see this sort of instrument of torture with spikes, you know, coming out. And, and, and when they're sitting on it, they, you know, I think I would. Um, yeah. I would be a very happy person because we're, we're just not we're, we're just not designed to to sit and, and we're not designed to sit for the amount of time that we do sit um, and mm. um, yeah we've just got to somehow um, you know movement movement is the key it really is um, and I came across quite a nice quote um, I did write it down somewhere let me see if I could find it um, um oh one other thing uh, i did want to mention i know a lot of people they'll do their seven or eight hours uh, and maybe four of that uh, four of those hours are sitting and then they'll go for a run after work or they'll go to the gym the science is telling us that that's brilliant you know and I advise everyone to do that but that exercise doesn't counteract those four to five hours that you spent sitting. So that's quite an interesting mm. fact for those people who yeah. are, you know, quite active and healthy outside of work. Somehow we've got to try and incorporate some of this into, into our, our, our work um, routine. Um, and it was, it was really, the quote was really about not how much time you spend sitting, but how much time you spend not moving. And I just thought it just turned it on its head. Mm. And it was just a quite an interesting yeah. way of looking at it. So I know that quote that you mentioned about, you know, sitting, being um, after alcohol and uh, and smoking, the third biggest killer. And that's really about sedentary, a sedentary lifestyle. Um, but that also, you know, that also includes time spent sitting at work, commuting at home, um, and the recent fact, which I thought um, highlighted the problem um, very well, was 18 years. The average person will sit for 18 years over their lifetime. <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a shocking statistic. That really does make you think. It does, yeah. That really does make you think. And I yeah. thought, you know, is that, oh even, is that even possible? But if you do the maths, um, yeah, it, it all adds up. Yeah. So, um, and I'll, if, there wow. are, if there's anyone interested in looking into this further, there's somebody called James uh, A. Levine, who um, his, his book called Get Up While Your Chair is Killing You uh, was written about 10 years ago. And he's been at the forefront wow. of this active working movement. So he's someone to, to check out if you want to do a deep dive into um, the, the problem of, you know, sedentary working. Um, and he's yeah it's quite uh it's quite a chunky book um and i could probably i've got it down to you know a couple of words really and that's just um keep moving 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think you've certainly given us some shocking statistics there, Floyd, and some very good advice to be getting active as well. Because like you say, it's not just, um, you know, while we're at work, it's also that long commute that many of us do and not really sort of moving before or sort of in between that very much, which can make a big impact. So thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge My with pleasure. our audience today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And you. And um, I will ensure to leave all of Floyd's links of um, his website and where you can find him in the show notes so that you can go and find out all of the interesting work that Floyd's doing at Flow Motion Studio. So thank you once again, Floyd. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's talk with Floyd. This is the last episode of season two. So I really hope you've enjoyed each of the topics that we've covered this season. And if you would like to hear any other particular topics or us to cover anything in particular, just feel free to drop me an email so that we can cover it in season three. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you can join us again next year for Make It Thrive.